Welcome to Lemonade Learning, a refreshing look at learning today. We serve up high impact practical strategies alongside honest and energizing stories to help educators. Make the most of your moments, lead and learn with purpose, and craft lifetime lemonade from the sweets and sours of education. Join us for a glass. Hey y'all, it's Bree. And Lainey, welcome to a very special episode. We have two guests. We've never done this. I'm a little nervous, but they're so amazing. That's actually taking all the anxiety away. So Bree, what do you think? This is going to be fun, huh? It is. It's going to be fun. I'm already like, just, I'm getting, indulge me for a second. I'm feeling very like Hollywood squares, like slash Brady, Brady Bunch opening. Like this is really, this is kind of fun to like take this in and see these amazing people on the screen and, um, and to really kind of jump into this conversation. So uh, I'm excited. I'm excited for our, our foursome of our foursome awesome kind of group that we're yeah. going to have, have happen in here. So, and, and there's something else that's special because we're podcast co-hosts and they're podcast co-hosts. They are the oh, yeah. podcast co-hosts of the Literacy Advocate, which you should all check out. And I'm super excited about that. So we've got Timmy and Chalanda. We're gonna have all your info in the show notes and we wanna get into that conversation. So we're just gonna get started if that's okay. Let's do this. All right. Okay, so we, we like to start out with the sweet and sour. So, hmm, let me see. Timmy, you we did like a five second before we started recording. <laughs> turned this on yeah. us, which is a pro yeah. move, by the way. I love that when <laughs> people you. do that. So why don't we start with you? What's your sweet, sour, one or the, just pick one. Let's go. Okay. Okay. I'm going to go with sweet, my sweet of today. I actually have uh, two. Um, so this morning I spend every morning writing uh, like at least for an hour on kids books. Um, I'm working on a kid's book called, I want to have a podcast when I grow up with a friend of mine, who's a podcast producer. Um, and uh, the, I just got back some of the work from the illustrator that I've hired and it was really, really good. And then also I had a meeting with a literary agent today that went really well as well. Oh my goodness. I love that. I'm so excited. I hope we get to dive in a little bit about you being a children's book author. Cause I think that's really, really cool. So, well, you know, I'll like that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, We do like to talk about our books, don't we? All right. Solanda, what about you? What's, what's sweet, what's sour, what's going on? So I have, a combination. I have a sweet, I have a sour. I think my sour is professional and personal. My sour is the snow in New Jersey. It is annoying. I'm over it. I am sick of the snow. There are mountains of it everywhere. My windshield right now is <laughs> a mess. And um, I haven't been able to get to the car wash. It just keeps snowing and there's mountains of snow everywhere. And I'm not a fan. I'm not. I'm jealous. <laughs> I'm <not>. So <laughs> jealous. Oh no, I'm jealous of you and your climate. I know. No. I know. So this yeah. is where there's no crying on the yacht, champagne problems, because Timmy and I have like perfect weather. We could probably go to the beach right now if we wanted to. But um, but and then Bree, who has did you what did you call it earlier, Bree? Your weather, it's oh, like we have schizophrenic. I was like, what did I call it earlier? Sorry. Um so uh schizophrenic weather here in Texas. So it was 72 days ago and this morning is 19 and we are frozen over. We have ice everywhere. Not to complain at all to my East Coasters, to my Northeasters. I know you guys are seriously under snow and craziness. I mean, what is it like? 30 inches yes. of snow that happened this last week, something like that. So we are not anywhere near that, but it's, it, it's, I'm, I'm with you on the whole, like, 
we were in 70 degrees and then now we're busting ice and on Monday it's anticipated to be the high of five. And that's just, it's a little much because then in like four days, it'll be 75 and like, it's just too much for, for the weather. So yeah. So, sorry. We went down the, the, the weather path, but, but Shalonda, did you want to, besides the sour, you said there was also a sweet, is it snow? Angels? It is. <laughs> no, no, I, do not like snow. So it is not going to be snow related. <laughs> so my tweet is that um, one of my colleagues on one of the challenging grade levels that I work with, um, she came into the office while I was trying to run out so we could have this uh, episode, right? And she came in and she's like, I just want to talk to you about some of the things that are going on and what can we do? And I feel like that was a real breakthrough moment professional-wise in this school. I'm new here. So I started in September. Um, from September to now, it's been really contentious. And just her coming in today, and she even offered for me to come in and teach her classes. And I love interactions with kids. And I haven't had very much of that since I've mm. been in this new school. And so I've been feeling really down some days about just the work because the kids give me the energy, the joy. Um, and so her coming in today was definitely a unexpected sweep uh, to my afternoon. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's, a huge, that's, a, that's a huge celebration right there. Like, I mean, kudos to you for laying the foundation of trust in order to, you know, kind of build that, that relationship and, and what a fantastic way to start that day to have that, that invitation of like, okay, let's, let's do this. Like I'm ready to, to have some conversation and some collaboration. So, wow. That's like, that gave, that gave my coach, my coach arms chills in that where I'm just like, yes, yes. That's so good. Yes. Mine too. I was doing my happy teacher dance, yeah. you know, even as coaches, we're still teachers. So I was doing my happy yes. teacher dance inwardly. Yes. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Wow. I think that speaks to, definitely speaks to us coaches because I always get like, when I see the invite, like I've been asked to, to meet with the teacher, I'm like, oh, they want to chat with me. I'm so excited. Right, right. <laughs> Very cool. Well, wait, you said something I want to, if, if, if y'all don't mind, I want, you said a challenging grade level. Was that what you said? Yes, I did. Can you expand on that? Because I, I mean, I've taught a lot of grade levels. I could give I could give some like suggestions as to what I would consider a challenging grade level, but what do you, what do you think in there? So the challenge has been everyone getting on the same page. There are lots of strong personalities on this grade level. And historically it has been a challenge grade level for the building. And that was shared with me coming in that we have not had any person who has been able to, um, turn things around in this grade level. And I don't go into new situations with any, you know, cloudiness at all. I go into it to learn. And even from my first days where I just held teacher meet and greets, I just wanted to have conversations with teachers to find out about who they were as people and introduce myself. I received very little welcoming um, from that particular grade level. And so everything becomes contentious. And I get that we're teaching during a pandemic. We're dealing with personal stressors to the max, right? Um, and then professional stressors to the max. Yeah. So it's been really, really challenging with, with them to just under, get them to understand that we're all running the same race. We want what's best for kids. We want for our students to be able to read, write, speak, think, communicate well. 
And so that's kind of my short story to a longer story. Well, so 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 Timmy, I wondered kind of kind of what you're talking about that like hard to to get in there and and get with them. Timmy, as a children's book author, you offer to go into classrooms for free and 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 read with the kids. Like has your in this pandemic and so and I was maybe inferring a little bit that it's kind of maybe possibly not just team but specific but maybe also situation kind of like well, we're in a very different situation. People are feeling really vulnerable. But Timmy, have you seen that? Like, are you still getting invited into classrooms a lot? Yeah. Uh, so at first, no. Um, at first, every, all the teachers were just, it's like it's like COVID lit everyone's hair on fire, which understandably. Um, so at first, it was hard for me to even get anybody to notice me. Uh, as I'm like, hey, all my tours got canceled, but I still have Zoom. Like, can I please come visit your schools? Um but then uh, that honestly changed. That didn't change for a really long time. It changed just recently. I posted a tweet about a book that I just finished called Lucas the Dinosaur Entrepreneur. And the tweet went bananas. And I booked 30 schools off of that tweet. And that was really cool. So I've been touring most of my, and I say touring. What I mean is Zoom bombing classrooms, basically. Um, <laughs> and uh, the, that's been, I've been just doing weeks of that off of this, off of this tweet. And big shout out, by the way, to a uh, teacher named Brian Martin. Um, he posts a lot of uh, like morning motivation, encouragement type stuff for teachers. And he gets a lot of engagement on on his Twitter. My tweet probably wouldn't have gone bananas if it weren't for him retweeting it and commenting. I've been to his classroom. He was like one of the few that I was able to visit during COVID before this happened. And he was like, hey, any teacher should have him visit their school. And I guess he's got a lot of trust that he's built up on Twitter. So then it just started getting retweeted and shared and commented on. And it was awesome. I was like, that was a very high day for me. <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to try really hard not to birdwalk, but when you said trust on Twitter, I want to explore that. Maybe that's a coffee that you and I have later, Timmy, because I think that's an interesting concept. But but yeah, we're all trying to get Wait, what's birdwalk? Oh, like, is that, is that, that's a thing, right? Like a uh, rabbit hole, like go off the, oh. like, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Got it. Never heard as, that one. As I do. But, um, but anyways, I just wanted to like acknowledge that I think it's so great that, that you're both trying to get in to help kids and teachers, but it's, it's hard now. It's a, it's different now. So I'm glad that it seems like things are improving for both of you. That gets, that warms my, my teacher heart. I mean, yes. I, I have almost survival survivor guilt, uh, which is like, that's a weird term, but it's when, it's when you're not the person that's being affected by the terribly horrible thing that's happening and you're just, you're almost benefiting from it and you're watching other people struggle with it. That's how I feel a lot of times as a kid's book author. Now I did lose like a ton of money. Cause like I was, I was making good money on tour doing physical tours. There's just something about, Hey, the author is coming to our school that makes, and he'll sign your book. If you buy it before he gets here, that makes like parents buy kids books from an author. So I was making good money on tour and then COVID wiped that out. Yeah. But in a lot of ways, I've benefited from the fact that every teacher and their mom knows what Zoom is now. And so where before I was trying to figure out how to do virtual visits, now it's like, hey, I'd like to Zoom bomb your classroom. Everybody knows what that means. I love that. Well, and I know, I know somebody who travels a lot. Like that's one of the concepts that we've had conversations around is like, 
you don't have the logistic um, restriction, right? Of like, oh, I've got to physically get on the plane and then the time that it's going to get me there. And, you know, because that cuts down on how many places you can can be with in a certain day, right? But now you've got more of the like, you can be in five different states, six different states in one day because you're just popping in, you know, onto different meeting times. And the same thing from, you know, from that coaching perspective where, you know, you you have some some differences of being able to to leverage virtual video, you know, different kinds of conversations, recording conversations, sending that. And I I think that, you know, so much of that is modeling for educators, modeling for parents, modeling for for ourselves that we have this technology and we can use it and leverage it to keep the relationships that we are making, that we are creating, that we are, you know, trying to, um, flourish and, and sustain, like that's, you know, I I hear so many times. And I I mean, I, even back to like when the first, you know, one-to-one is coming out. Right. And like, I I taught with people who had the t-shirts, like with that said, I teach, there's no app for that. Like I, I, you know, all of those conversations, and it seems to be something that's out there all the time, right. Of like technology is not the same as teaching. And I don't know a single person who thinks that, that that's not true, right? Like, no, you're exactly right. There is no replacement for the relationship that happens with a person in that, in that situation. That said, there's a lot to be said for the amplification and the augmentation that can happen with that technology to keep and sustain that relationship, right? Like having this is the closest thing right now that we could have versus, you know, not having that, right? Like, like, this is yes. this is an engaging way for us to have a conversation and for us to be able to see each other's faces and yep. and connect in a way that we couldn't do it if we didn't have the technology in there. Shalanda, I see you kind of raising your hand over there on the side. So I want to <laughs> let you jump in on this. Right. And I also think to add to what you said, Bree, that leveraging technology as the instructional tool that it is, um, is important for our learners that we have now, right? So I teach undergraduates and our recent class, we talked about how they are in the grouping of digital natives. And so this is their world. This is their language. So are we really teaching them if we just cut off a major mode of the way that they take in information? It's very different, but we have to kind of consider how we're aligning the world to maximize on what we're offering our students. Yeah, I love it. I mean, if you go back to like early, early, you know, like go back to Socrates and whatnot, right? Like where we had very limited availability of education because it was the only people that could have this were the ones who had access to either that one specific person or who had access to the books and the literacy to go along with that, right? So you had such a a very sliver of people who could actually interact with that. Well, now fast forward, Again, like, I I mean, I grew up in a rural area. There's a lot of of, um, content areas that are not taught in our school district, but now we have so much more that we can bring in because we can leverage that, that technology to do that. And then you build from there, you know? And so I think, I think it's important that I, I, I'm a huge proponent of leveraging technology. It's not, it's not knowing it's, you know, I mean, like there's a huge difference between learning how to use the tool or using the tool to learn. Right. And that's one of those things that we don't always um, spend a lot of time 
having that conversation. And, you know, all four of us are, are huge literacy and, and huge, you know, literature lovers and, and proponents. And I think that like, I don't ever, ever, ever want to replace, you know, um, an audio book with, uh, you know, I'm not saying that that is better than a tangible book. I'm not, but I have a lot of students and my daughter being one of them that needs to have that audio component in order to support and, and her, her understanding of the material. And she would be completely cut off from that if we didn't use that to leverage it. And so I think that like, again, for me, like it's so much of that conversation. It's not a, it's not a this or that, right? Like, and I think, you know, I love that y'all's, y'all's podcast is the, the literacy advocates, because that to me is what advocacy is. It's not saying this is the one way to do this. It's saying like, let's advocate for the personal needs and, and the, the, the tools that will help that person become seen in a way that is equitable and, and, and there for all of us to, to recognize. Yeah. I, and I just want to say to that, I, I named it the literacy advocate, not because I'm trying to say I'm the literacy advocate, but because it's the guests that I have on the show. And now my co-host Shalanda, you guys are the literacy advocates. Well, I, but I, I kind of push back on that. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I was going to push back on it. You go, girl. You got it. <laughs> yeah, I would have to push back um, because one thing that I know about Timmy is that he doesn't give himself the credit because he feels like he's not in education the way we are, that he isn't in education. And I tell him all the time, no, you're very much an educational professional as well. You're just not a teacher. Like that category is very broad. Yeah. And I think that just his insights that he offers through his podcasting, through his work in schools is just amazing. And he's very much an advocate because yeah. that's why he even started all of the work with the, with the book. Like he's a genius there, you know, Jolanda, I feel like you're, you're an advocate of me. I appreciate <laughs> that. I love that. We, we're, we're all advocates for each other, right? Let's let what do you guys think about I know we don't only have so much time but what do you think about unpacking this like I, I'm really curious you know Brie bringing in like the the idea of multiple means to access literature I love that like maybe could we unpack a little bit like what does literacy now look like and we don't even need to get necessarily into pandemic specific but just thinking about like all the different ways we can reach our kids and I have a seven-year-old at home he's in first grade I've got a fourth grader so, and, and I taught kinder first and second grade in addition to sixth grade. So like literacy is a very big deal to me. And it's, it's, there's like, they need to read, they need to write and they need to know how to learn. Like if nothing else, that's what I need them to get out of school. That's, that's a big deal for me. So um, wow. I don't know who wants to start first, but I would just love to kind of see like, cause we've been in education. Well, I can, I'm, I'm probably the longest 23 years I'm old, but, um, but we've been there for a while and we've seen some changes, more access to things that give those multiple means. So you got a thought, Shalanda, or you want me to go first? You can go. <laughs> I don't want to talk over you. <laughs> All right. Here's my thought. So I think that literacy is a pretty broad term and I try to focus on English language arts type literacy on the podcast. So I really try to focus on like learning to read, learning to write, learning to speak, learning to communicate, but literacy is a really broad term and there are so many different versions of literacy. And I would actually argue like it's hard. It's honestly, I think it's obvious to most people that 
learning to read and write is more important than learning to like they it's gets treated as more important than being able to speak and communicate um but uh i don't know i've made way more money off of my ability to speak and communicate than i have off of my ability to read and write i'll just say that i mean ha most of my kids books are written because i talked I, I went for a walk and i i talked into my phone and then i just went to a panera and typed out what i said yeah. And, and then like the exposure of my kids' books has happened because of my ability to speak and communicate, not because of my ability to read and write. Yeah. There ain't nobody reading my blog. <laughs> the, only, the only people that hear about me are because of my ability to speak and communicate. So that is a huge skill that needs to be emphasized in school. And I appreciate you teasing that out. For me, when I say learning to learn, like speaking and communicating is part of that because I deeply believe that learning should be as collaborative as possible. So to me, that's part of that learning process is how do I speak and communicate with others? And so I appreciate you teasing out those very specific um, skills that we also want to do. And also acknowledging that literacy is a pretty broad term. Yeah. Right. And I think though, they're all interconnected, right? So Timmy mentioned that he's made more money off of his speaking engagements and those types of things. but it's so interconnected. Like I don't view those components as one separate from the other. They all inform each other. It just is what mode am I using right now, right? Because you did still have to read and write to express what you needed to express in speaking at some point. It, it's all interconnected. And I, I know from at least my experience that sometimes the speaking and listening component of literacy learning is not given the attention that it should be given. So those skills aren't developed the way that they should be developed. Even yeah. though we have standards here in New Jersey for that, we have speaking yeah. and listening standards. But if you look at curriculums, they don't often include the include speaking and listening standards as priority standards. Mm -hmm. They mm -hmm. may be substandards, but they're not as far up in the tier in the rank that they should be. Mm -hmm. I think I yeah. think that. Um, I have lots of thoughts on this. Like, I, I think I, as a secondary English teacher, like this, I, I, I totally hear you, right? Like we have standards built in through, um, through, through, we have standards here in Texas as well. And I think that it's, it's one of those where um, to me, speaking and listening, like all of us have said, right, are so completely um, intertwined within, within uh, written and, you know, writing and reading um, because they are so intertwined, I think that people often don't intentionally focus on this is what we're going to do, right? And so then like the speaking part becomes popcorn reading, right? Or it becomes mm -hmm. show and tell, or it becomes, you know, like reading, you know, reading in front of your group, or it becomes answering a, a comprehension question in front of the group or those kind of things. That's that part where like, then we assess like a level of skill instead of supporting the development of skill. And I think that that's a, a challenge. Cause like for me as a secondary, like I would, I would administer fluency tests. I would administer, you know, comprehension tests and so much of that, like, right. Like I'm having, you know, I'm reading a paragraph or, or a, a passage out loud to my student and then having my student, you know, how much did they comprehend? Right. Like, so then all of a sudden, like, but that's done almost in like 
in a lot of capacities that's done as, as a, as a, a remediation opportunity or like as a, you know, instead of it being that foundational build forward. And I think that that's where it, it kind of gets, I think we've lost sight of, of, as teachers of like understanding that spiralization of how it all comes together. Right. Um, and then the, the last part that I'll say on this, I'm a huge literature, like nerd, like that was my undergrad. I, I love literature. Um, and, and with that, I love Billy Shakes, like William Shakespeare and I were kindred. Like I, I love William, I, like, we're, like we're good buddies. Um, and I always taught, um, I always taught a Shakespearean play and, and things like that, but I taught my Shakespearean plays very differently than a lot of my counterparts um, because Shakespearean plays were not meant to be read, right? They were meant to be performed. And so what happens a lot of times is like people will throw them the play and then they'll be like, well, these kids just don't understand this because they're, they're, they're focused so hardcore on these words and, and what that means. But if instead we see it performed and we start to understand the nuances that come through language, like those speaking skills, the listening skills, all of that stuff, that's where kids like all of a sudden they can start to understand what's going on, right? It's like why we can, it's why we go to the movies and all of a sudden we can understand through the visual representations and all of the multi-means and, and those pieces, it starts to put that together. And, um, and I think that if we spent a little bit more time looking at it from that multi-means in order to bring those, those pieces together, we would have a better time as educators understanding the importance of speaking and listening and how it all kind of connects in there together. Hmm. <laughs> Sorry, we don't got... ask questions on this show. We just talk and then, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so I have a, I have a very critical attitude towards uh, Billy Shakes being taught in school. And it's not about the, this is going to make, this is going to get me in trouble. It's not the disrupt. Um, uh, it's not coming from the mentality of, we need to get rid of, you know, out with the old and we need to focus on the new. That's not the mentality that I'm coming from. Where my mentality is, is more like everything that we teach that's classic literature, there needs to be a really good argument for why it's there instead of something that's way better. Okay, so can I give you my really fast response as a, sure. as a, as a high school, middle school teacher, like high school and middle school teacher of why, because there are, from a literature perspective, there's the Holy Trinity, if you will, of literature, which is mythology, which is religious text and which is Shakespeare, because those are the three most prevalent pieces of classic literature canon. And so many references are built from that, right? So like in my mind, the reason why you have those as part of your, your canon is really more to like point to how those impact, right? So like we would spend a lot of time of like, here's the representation of this historical text or this, this, you know, this, this, the, the canon, if you will, like here's Shakespeare. Now go find a modern day representation of this. And like, let's show how What's this the value is. of that outside of education. The value outside of that is because so many references are brought into ever like it's it's how our brain connects like the analogies and the inferences that come into that right so like why is red such a a powerful image whenever you're talking about um you know being critical of someone right because of the scarlet letter because of adam and eve because of all of this stuff and so if you don't know that like if you don't understand why in the giver whenever the apple turns red why that's a big deal 
then you need to back that out. And, and as an English teacher, it was really important to me to help prepare my students with a quote unquote filing cabinet of information, because a lot of times we don't give them that back end history, right? Like we need to let them understand why this is a big deal. Like we need to let them understand why Jim Crow laws were in place so that then they can understand where this comes from of like why it's so startling. Because if we just if we just skip past it and we only focus on what's happening right now in the present, then we can't bring in all the culture of the conversation of why this is important, why why the the passions and why the um the concerns and you know you you skip past it. And and I don't think that that honors what all is in there. And so you need to have like I I did um uh, you know, I would, I would talk about, um, the Tempest with my students. And I did that as an eighth grade teacher when they were doing American history. And, and I remember them being like, man, this is, you know, cause the whole component of, of, uh, the Tempest is that it was Shakespeare's last play that he wrote. And it was happening at the same time that colonization was going left and right. And so Britain was just walking in to any and all countries and saying like, this is British country now, right? Like we, we declare it ours, we take it as ours. And it was completely wiping out all concept of, of the people of the indigenous people to those locations. And so it was really great for me to be able to bridge that with American conversations around what happens whenever, you know, when we came to the United States, what did we do, right? Like we wiped out, we declared ourselves king and queen of what we see and we wiped out an entire indigenous, you know, perspective. And so then all of a sudden my kids were like, oh, this is terrible. Like we need to, you know, unpack all of this stuff. And so I think it's super, super important to have that, but you have to have the mindset of how it connects to the present and not just we're doing this because this is the way that we've always done it. I'm jumping off my well, That's a great, that was a great, that was a great argument. Um, I, I find that when I ask that question, most people will give me an answer that feels like it's an argument of this is history and we need to teach this history. And I love that argument. I guess I just have a hard time with it's, it. It feels a little over glorified to me um, rather than, hey, you know, we, we should teach it as history. Well, I, think, I mean, and there are many other texts that can be brought in. Like, I'm not trying to say that that it, it, you only have to teach this one piece and that's it. I think that I think that the the important part of it is recognizing we learn from our history in order to prepare for our future, and we have to make sure that we're we're bringing that in there. And so um, that said, like, I could spend a ton of time on here, and I don't want to jump on that. <laughs> like, um, I think someone has to get back to her site. I don't know. That Sorry. This. No, no, no. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, let's do an episode about it on the literacy advocate, Brianna. Oh my gosh. I think you guys should definitely do that. Yeah, We need a marathon. Well, but what I love that, that I hear you, I think I hear you both agreeing on this is that when you can connect literature to the real world, that's really profound. And so I think, and Shalana, I don't know what, what grade levels you coach, but again, I go back to my, like my early literacy time. And I think about how often my goal was obviously to instill a love of reading. And a lot of times how I would try to do that is through connecting it to other curricular area, to other topics, to other things happening in the real world. So I don't know, what, what grade levels are you coaching, Shalanda? Are you Kate? So right now I'm coaching for grades four through six, but I've taught all grades five through 12. Yeah. And, and I'll say this, that um, I am not a literature, I don't teach literature. Yeah. I just teach reading. And my goal is always that reading is that foundational element for everything. Like I want students to, to love it and be 
able to receive from it, whether it's the classic canon literature or if it's modern literature, but to be able to navigate it, to grow from it in a way that suits what, what they need, what yeah. they want, what they see themselves as um, people, as adult people. Yeah. And I, th- I think that that's one of the pieces, again, to like bring us all back together on that is, I think that's, that's what's so important about the, about literacy, right? Is that it gives us the connecting points to, um, to, to our past, to our future, to who we are, to what possibilities are, to, you know, to empathy, to equity, like it, 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 it's, it's that, that piece that we can pull from that tells us really what reality is, right? Like, and whether, whether we agree with that reality or whether we want to change that reality, like it gives us this, you know, it, 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 it's just that connecting point. And like, if we don't have that, then it, it becomes really difficult for our kids to, to understand like where that, that comes in. And I, I think like, I mean, for me, like I have a 12 year old and I have a, an eight year old and we're constantly finding books that will either help provide them a moral or a, you know, an insight into like what it is that they, they want to do or how to treat people or, you know, some, some of that kind of component, but it also helps them like figure out how they feel about it. Right. Like, so then it, it encourages that love of, of learning because they can see themselves in it or they're, you know, in, interested or intrigued by it or all of those pieces. And, um, part of the biggest challenge um, from that reading perspective is that in my mind, and again, I'm I'm like a big fan of reading, right, is that I do think that it's kind of like the cornerstone to learning. And if we don't have reading, like it's, it's really hard to understand. Um, I used to, you know, like I used to tell my, my eighth graders all the time, the math test is a much more extensive reading test than it is a math test. Like you have to be able to like deeply dive in and, and pull it apart and do all that kind of stuff. And so there's no isolation of content. It's just knowing it and how to apply it across the board. So You too have the podcast, um, the, the Literacy Advocate. And can you just tell our listeners, um, you know, what's it about? Like, how did this even come to be? And you have like not a lot of time, but you know. <laughs> So I started it as it was called Books for Kids. And it was just like me trying to. So there's a there's a guy named Matthew Winner who runs the the children's book podcast. And I was basically trying to be like, all right, well, you know what? There's one podcast on kids books. It's the children's book podcast. I'm going to be the other podcast on kids books. I'll I'll do books for kids. And that's how I'm going to build up my expertise. I'm going to talk to all kinds of authors and illustrators. And I'm going to I'm going to be known as the kids book guy because of this. And uh, I just realized as I was doing it that, hey, you know what? I keep talking to teachers on this podcast and I start the conversation with talking about their favorite kids books and the conversation always goes to literacy education. And I'm so interested in that conversation because I care. This is what I studied to be. I studied to be an English teacher when I was in college and uh, I dropped out six credits left uh, to go to art school to pursue being a kids book author. Um, I was almost an English teacher. I care a lot about literacy. And so the conversations just kept going in that direction. And I'm building all these awesome relationships with teachers. And I'm like, this needs to be the podcast. So then I renamed it to the Literacy Advocate. And um, it was not too much long after that. Actually, it was right around the same time that I met Shalanda. We did an episode together. And I was having a, I was going to lunch with my buddy James. And he was saying, he was telling me about You're, You're about to leave something out. Because we what did a I... four, we did a four person episode on books for kids. Ken, 
myself and you. Well, three. It was the three of us. That's right. That's right. Yes. So I just had you on the show. I just had you on, but it was yes. called books for kids back then. Yeah. And then yep. um, I'm making that transition to literacy advocate. I'm going to lunch with my buddy, James, and he, he's telling me about the, how great it is to have a co-host for your show. And I was like, well, I'd love to have a co-host because it would help it would split the workload. And just, I've got another professional that I can like bounce thoughts off of. And he was like, well, who would you have of all the guests? It should be a guest that you've had. Who would you have of all the guests? And I was like, well, there's this, there's this person I just had on named Shalanda who I think would be awesome for it. He was like, text her right now. Yes, that's awesome. <laughs> I texted her right then in the car and you were, got back to me like within minutes. You were like, yes, I'm totally interested. <laughs> you know what I did? I was, I was in my room and I looked at my bookshelf and I saw my stack of four books that I have had since maybe 2017 and I told you this that I have been intrigued and interested in podcasting but I hadn't pursued it right and so when you text me I took it as you know what you can learn it go for it yep and that's so can, can I tell you I listened to the episode where you guys kind of introduced that this is going to be the two of you now I forget what the name of the episode was okay Shalana, we already had our podcast going. I got like almost like hives and started sweating when you started talking about the books you were reading. I was like, Bree and I didn't read any books. Oh, Bree, did you read books? I didn't read books. We just started the show. And like, I was like, are we like completely underprepared for this? But no, you know something that I'm learning? I'm learning that for me, sometimes I get stuck on the learn the technical how to do part and it takes me out of the action part versus this is what you know how to do. You use what you know how to do and you learn the mm. rest as you go. And yeah, so I mean, that has been a whole agreed. life shift for me. We feel so much time spent in the research, right? Like we, we tell ourselves, and, and I mean, honestly, like Shonda, you know, this coaching teachers um, and, and coaching kids, like, like learners of all ages and stages, right? Like we can really yep. bog down in convincing ourselves that we need just a little bit more information before we should jump yes. out there and yep. Right. And I think that like, I, I, you are speaking to my heart in there. Like I, I definitely find myself in that neutral where I'm like, just research, 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 research. And then, and like you wish for action, but you don't ever shift into action because you're stuck in that, that research mode. So. And, and I also think it's just part of imposter syndrome. So I've been spending a lot of time researching and and listening to and studying just imposter syndrome, right? We get hung up on who we think we are not. Yeah. And that causes us to feel like, oh, we have to conduct all this research. I have to have all these books. Uh, my therapist, she says, said something to me early on. And she said to me, you know, you are very wide read. You need to focus your time on being, right? Yeah. You're so focused on being able to do everything perfectly. But you have to focus on just being and understanding that perfection is a myth and just get out there and do it and feel Amen. comfortable with that process. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and that's actually part of Bree and I's origin story. I won't repeat it. But when we met, that was like one of the very first things we talked about. And so, OK, we, we, we could I feel like we could do a lot. I'm of so it. inspired by that, Shalanda. Yeah, yeah. I think that's amazing. Yeah. And I think, I mean, so, so very true in it because I think that that was the part for me, like Shalanda, I definitely, I'm, I'm 
I'm very much feeling all of the things that you've just shared. And, and like Lainey, you know, said part of our origin story, like, I, I mean, when we started going through it and she was like, well, what about a podcast? And at first was like, I mean, I've been on a lot of podcasts, but I've never done one. But then at the same time, like to t- like, like Lainey was kind of my Timmy where Lainey was like, well, let's try it. And I was like, yes, he just started fielding me guests. Like, you know, I'm going to have you do this. Boom. It started with when he talked to me, he told me that we would be on there together. Yeah. We did maybe two and then together ended. And I'm like, oh my God, like, wait, what? I'm by myself. But, it's, but I mean, but also like, I mean, from the coaching perspective, like you identify with this, or, like I say all the time, my hypocrisy knows no bounds, right? Like, like I can look at anybody and be like, just go, like, you do not need to worry about perfection. Yeah. Like you have this in your heart. Like we see this, you need to go. It's going to be great. But then when it comes to me, I'm like, yes. stop the Brit. Like we can't do this. And so that has been for me, a huge thing with this podcast Um, uh, is it, kind of like putting in, leaning into that and saying like, we can do this. We can, we, we, and we can model like what learning looks like and do this together and, and kind of run. Absolutely. And it's amazing having a partner that sees your blinders, right? Because you don't see it, but having someone who sees it, because that was something that Timmy said early on too, that, you know, I think that you have what it takes to do this, but you don't see that, mm-hmm. but you have it. And he kind of just like, you know, walk me to the edge of the pool and push me in swim. And he's been a great guy through the process though. And you're being and too I good to be showing it. Oh my goodness. Well, not to get, not to get too stuck on the whole coaching thing, but that's like, that's we're all coaches. Some great, yeah. Yep. Some great advice. And it talks about like the power of a coach is, is seeing in others what they can't see in themselves. And so, you know, that's, that's why we need it. Like, it doesn't matter what your aptitude is in a situation. You need that person who sees something in you that you cannot necessarily see within yourself. So kudos all around. Look at you. Rock and star also, coach. I just have so much faith in you, Shalanda, that the more you do it, the less you're, the more you're going to strip away all the stuff that is keeping you from being yourself. Like I, uh-huh. th- I just have st- so much faith in that. Like we, we start doing something with all this imposter syndrome and it causes us to put stuff around us that kind of can make us sound a little bit forced or not natural. And on your yep. first episode, uh, not, not the one that we did together, but like your first episode by yourself, you did sound a little bit forced. But like I have watched, the more you've done episodes, the more you just are yourself and your episodes are getting better and better and better. I just have like, it's not going to be long before I'm just like, what am I doing on this show? (laughs) But you know what? I still, I still write everything out. Like Timmy said, I don't want you writing things down. Like this doesn't require that. Like it doesn't require for you to do such extensive note taking, but I still do it but I just feel more comfortable in the arena of the podcast. Okay. So can we just pause for a second and acknowledge like how much this ties into reading and literacy with kids, right? Because we teach them decoding skills. We teach them all of these things. Like how hesitant are we when we start out? Like the hesitancy as we build our fluency, right? Then as we have faith and then we start moving forward and we start reading it quicker, we start comprehending it quickly and we don't necessarily need to have all of those like markings on our paper in order to like highlight and underline and, and do all those pieces. But some of us feel more comfortable having that because we know that it's there and that gives us the confidence to move forward with it. But at the same time, like 
you still have it all within you, you know, the whole Wizard of Oz, but you've had the magic with you all along, right? Like, I think that it's, it's so important to, to, as adults, for us to recognize that those same hesitancies that then build into fluencies are, are also with us at that level, at, 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 um, you know, at that early level, and then they move on into our, our big level. So, oh my goodness, That's like, so I think good. this is, that's this so is, good. And also, I'm sorry, but also understanding what our kids are coming to us with and how they need for us to show up for them mm-hmm. and what that feels like. I think sometimes when it comes to teaching children to read, because we know how to read, sometimes we become disconnected from the process. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I wish we had more time. I wish we had more time. Okay. We're going to have all your contact info in the show notes. <clears throat> I think, does our four frame have room for their Twitter handles? I believe so. I okay, believe we're going we're, we're gonna to make sure people know how to find you all. We love you. Thank you for being here. And Thanks for um, having us. I look forward to, for having us. To, to the future collaboration. So yeah. thank you for being here. Yeah. Yes. To, be, to be continued, right? <laughs> Agreed. Yes. To Agreed. be continued. Yeah. Okay, everybody. Thank you. Have a great day. All right. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed this batch of Lemonade Learning, please check out our website, LemonadeLearning.us, for more resources. Be sure to subscribe today so you don't miss out on future lessons, laughter, or lemonade. And if you're feeling really generous, please go to Apple Podcasts to submit a review so other educators know the value. One last thing, learning and lemonade are best together. So please connect with us on social media using the hashtag LemonadeLearning to share your story. Plus, we're always looking to give away stickers and swag.